Okay, listen up. Our dear friend is going through a tough time in his life, but it's more important that we save our jobs and make money. So here's what we do. Hire three podcasters to talk about how awful we are in the movie Collateral Beauty on today's episode of the I'd Like a Refund podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'd Like a Refund podcast. I am always your host, Ryan, joined by my dear friend, Cameron. Cameron, how are you, you today? You are always our host. I am always the host. <laughs> You're always the host. Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm doing good. Well, I guess is the pronent- the oh correct oof, grammar. Jesus oof. Christ. Uh, well is the correct grammar. But yeah, I'm doing well. Um, you know, it's like the line, like Superman does good, you do well. The only yeah. thing Superman doesn't do good is make movies anymore. So, well, well, he's not making them. <laughs> that's true. He's not directing. <laughs> that's a good point. We don't know. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes at Warner Brothers. That's true. Warner I mean, Brothers. Yeah. Warner Brothers made Collateral Beauty. So how can we really that's trust them? True. <laughs> and they no longer have Christopher Nolan. So is that contract Allegedly. dead? Is that done? Allegedly. Allegedly yeah. Oh. So, jeez. Oh, he hasn't a... made a movie without Warner Brothers in twenty years, and then Warner Brothers was like, "Hey." We're going to release our movies on HBO Max and screw this entire thing up. So he, Yeah, he left or he was thinking about leaving because of what they did to other directors, not what they did to him. Because with him, they probably yeah. would have tried to do the same thing. And he was just like, F you guys. Yeah. I'm going to the theater. <laughs> um, yeah. That would be wow. Do you think another studio would like try to lock him down? Absolutely. I, I'm going to be so pissed when Universal picks him up. Oh, like, that's, that's my mindset. He's going to go to Universal. I think he's going to go. Yeah, I don't think Disney would hire him, so I think he's going to go to Universal. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Disney. Yeah. He's going to. Christopher he's, Nolan signs a, an eight what? picture deal with Touchstone Pictures. Don't don't rule out don't rule out <laughs> Sony it's though. Bambi, but in reverse. Don't rule out so, don't rule out Sony. Sony Bambi does weird shoots shit. The hunter. <laughs> oh, I would watch that. That'd be great. Uh, uh, also with us here, as always, is Joel. Joel, what's going on with you? I'm doing great. I went to Joshua Tree today, and there was snow, so that was really nice. Oh, to I see. saw that. That looked My feet really are nice. a little no. cold, but uh, it was a good day. Put on some slippers. <laughs> you should have worn uh, shoes while you were there. I thought about that. Um, you're right. I probably should have. I'm laughing because in the Zoom chat, uh, Joel's name is Collateral Shoot Me. I just, I just, <laughs> I didn't see that until now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god do you not notice that every week i change no i notice every week i just uh didn't oh <laughs> this one I didn't, just went... I didn't, I, yeah this one's funny i it's mean a... they're all funny ouch uh, yeah ryan a... and you didn't do the um the prince of bel-air opening for this one <laughs> yeah no, why i told not? i told you like this movie didn't deserve any special treatment. after earth did <laughs> it was funnier that movie, I don't want to. I don't want to be one of those shows that just does everything over and over again. We can't do it for every Will Smith movie. Yeah, that's uh, my bad for choosing. Well, a you Will can do Smith it next movie. week for the next Will Smith movie that I'm going to pick. I, I hope. Are not. you really? <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. I felt you know that was something. I did feel bad about picking a Will Smith movie after we had just watched well, one. He sh- well, he should stop making bad movies, and then we won't pick them. But I felt like this movie deserved a spot on this podcast. Hey, hey man, we're here. We got to do yeah, it now. We know? made it. <laughs> Um, before we get too far into things on Collateral Beauty, as always, Joel has a fun little question for us. I oh. can't wait to see what it is for this week. <laughs> this was tough to try and come up with something. If you were to gaslight your friends, how would you do it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. It was like, what do I do here? Um, so I went with like the weakest thing I could have gone with. Like I grabbed it like the tiniest straw. 
Um, so you may have not picked up on this, uh, but he works at an ad agency in this movie. It's like I a, did. I did pick up on this. Yeah. Um, so what yeah, my I question for you is going to be is if you got to like direct produce whatever an ad for one company or one product, Whoa. what would it be? Any product. It could be something from the past. It could be something from right now, not something from the future because that's that, we did that last week. So anything from the past or, or anything that's out right now, what product or company would you want to do an advertisement for? So I'm going to go to you first, Cameron. Oh, Cameron, come on. You, I know, mean, the, you know the answer is. <laughs> yeah, it's simply lemonade. There it is, yeah. I mean, that lemonade, I'm just going to tell you guys right now. <laughs> If you have not tried Simply Lemonade, <laughs> go to your nearest grocery store. It is I I oh, like I want I, I am so sure in this product. If you get Simply Lemonade and you don't like it, I will Venmo you like $4 to cover the price of Simply Lemonade. I mean, this lemonade is the most delicious product. Can we, get that, in, product. Can, can we, can we get that in writing? Yeah. Yes. I will put it on the Instagram page. Um, you don't have an Instagram. <laughs> no, but we're just gonna start finding you on Venmo and doing that request thing, like requesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Dur- I'm gonna do it during the episode. <laughs> yeah, requesting. You ever? You, have you guys seen like uh, when like guys get like blocked from their exes? They'll like go on Venmo and they'll like request like a penny just to send them text messages. That's weird. Yeah, no, I, I, I seen I, I seen that there was a League of Legends streamer who was uh, in a lot of trouble who was doing that with the his ex girlfriend. It was very interesting. So that's what you guys are gonna do with my um, for simply lemonade with me. Are you gonna block our actual numbers so we can't talk to you? And that's why. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna We're happen. We're done. We're done well, after this. Well, what's the what would the ad be? What would the ad be? Uh, you just heard the ad. So, but you, like you that didn't, was, you, it, you it's didn't, just copy. It's just like, you, sitting there on a the screen, yeah. reading copy, holding a. Bo- <laughs> so a you're not like filming there. anything. It's just you standing oh. there with the simply okay. lemonade. Like what is it? I didn't know we had to come up with copy. Like, like, like how, like how that like crumpet commercial had all the Muppets in it. Like what are you no, gonna do? So okay, so here's what I imagine. So simply lemonade is simply out of this world. So what we're gonna <laughs> do is we're going to have an astronaut flying over the earth we see the earth and he's drinking lemonade and he goes wow this is out of the world out of this world and that's 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 simply lemonade that's so awful i I hope he says that too i hope he goes wow this is out of the world out of this world did you just say it's awful i had to come up with it right now i didn't say it was awful it's awful in a great way though like i would watch that that's an ad that people would never forget yeah because like of that weird Quiznos powering. commercial. Oh, with like the like the, the little, sea like, monkey things. Yeah, the, like Those hamster things, things or something. Yeah, they're like, so weird. They got a pepper bar. <laughs> that one. Yeah, it was those, bizarre. Those guys are wild. I'm glad I've fallen into the category of so bad it's good. No, we all fall into that category <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, Ryan, like, how about you? What, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah, makes sense. I'm the bad boy, right? Yeah. So bad, I'm good. <laughs> There's some more merch for us. <laughs> All the merch has Cameron on it. Like, well, come on. I mean, no one wants merch with person. us. <laughs> Not yet. You say uh, no one wants merch? Of the two with of us. us. Oh, well, duh. I can't wait for us to actually drop the first shirt design that we made. <laughs> the one that we That's can't good. talk about. That one's going to sell out for sure. Yeah, we can't talk about yeah, it. Should we set up a merch store? For sure sell out. <laughs> we haven't made it far enough for that yet. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um let's get our listener count a little higher first 
Um, okay, so my idea. Uh, oh, man. What would I... You know what I would want to bring back? You guys remember, yeah. like, Nerf guns? Yes. But like Those the are still old, a thing. But, like, the old school ones? Yeah. Like, now they're, like, really stupid. Um, what are you talking about? They got, like triple action reloads and stuff i've heard now. those nerf rival ones actually really hurt like yeah from it's close distance it's like it's just it's not the same feel that it used to have back mm-hmm. in the day um nerf guns is your answer you, that's interesting <laughs> you picked lemonade <laughs> yeah because it's delicious it's out of this world i want to bring back nerf guns so we can have kids shoot each other with them and lose all of the darts like i did when i was a kid it's called airsoft Actually, you know what? My ad and my product would be excess darts available for purchase separately for Nerf guns. Because <laughs> people lose those all That's the dumb. time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's really dumb. Um, but What's you, the... I mean, what? What do you want? What do you want from me? I don't know. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> How dare you, sir? You put me on the spot with this random question. I, I didn't ask this, it. I went with this thir- first thing that popped in my head. No, but think about it, though. Go back in the days. You had your Nerf guns. It came with what, like six darts in it. Yeah, that's depends not on the gun. I never it had a Nerf gun. gun. Yeah. Oh, then, then you don't. You know what? I don't want. I your wasn't opinion. allowed I don't to want... have weapons in my house. <laughs> What'd you do with your hands? Um. <laughs> um. Well. Uh. <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to make a commercial for more Nerf darts because I want to move on to the next part of the episode. But what's your what's your answer, man? I don't even know what my answer would you be. You picked like, the question. I know. It was oh a hard question. Honestly, it's going to be something food related probably mm. just because hopefully I can get a deal with whoever it is where I can just get that food for free. Ooh, I would love oh to god. direct like a McRib commercial. Oh my god. Um, that would be pretty sick or for In-N-Out. In-N-Out doesn't really do commercials though. They just like slowly they push just in on exist. the burger. Yeah. yeah, it's like they don't have to do any. They have enough word they have enough word of mouth. For the record, just so everyone knows, I just got a notification on my phone that Joel asked me for four dollars for Simply Lemonade. <laughs> well, I, my yeah, Venmo I is my Venmo is at Cambay forty seven, I believe, right? <laughs> okay, audience, Venmo, <laughs> Venmo Cameron, and then he'll screenshot it, and we will post on our story uh, the the, screen, the screenshot and tag you. And I one have... lucky winner will get four dollars from Cameron. four dollars. <laughs> yep. I okay. So it's at Cambay forty seven at C A M B A I four seven. Do you want four dollars? Do you want to go down in history as the first contest winner on reef? Or I'd like a refund. But you have to buy simply lemonade with it. So lemonade. Do we, do we need like a picture? Of I need proof a picture of it? you with the lemonade and the say, receipt. Can you send pictures on? On Venmo, they can send them. They can uh, message them to us on our Instagram account. It's the first official contest. I will. I will will put up four dollars. One of you. One of you is going to go home with four dollars from Cameron's Venmo account. That's right. It it won't be to reimburse your purchase of the lemonade. It'll just be an extra four dollars. So you also have to just buy the lemonade, and if you don't like it, you're stuck with it. Well, no. The the winner's the only one who has to show. Right. So submit pictures. Well, wait a minute. So what? Hold. Wait. Hold on a second. Only the winner has to show that they bought the Simply Lemonade? Yeah, you can enter. So here, just so, I, so, so we clear this up for everybody. They enter by requesting $4 from you. Yeah. And then we leave it alone. But it's we only wait. people who have yet to try Simply Lemonade. Okay? Well, okay. 
But so after we give it a couple days, this deal's getting worse all the time. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out more and more about this. Well, people can lie about never having simply lemonade before. So yeah, but we at the we at uh, the refund pod, we never lie, and we expect the same of our viewers. If you lie, stop listening to this podcast. It's not for you. okay we like honest people (laughs) so just one last thing (laughs) after they enter you will pick somebody by random that asks you for the four dollars and you will reach out you will reach out to them Mm -hmm. be like hey show me confirmation that you bought the simply lemonade Mm -hmm. and if you do that i will send you four dollars absolutely and that's that's how we're doing it and a signed bottle of lemonade Oh. I, I can't. Ooh. I can't do that. I. I Why? Because I, I'm he has poor. I can't. Oh. <laughs> I can't afford to sign a bottle of lemonade and send it to you. I'm sorry. Oh my God. He'll if sign we're it in Northern California, show. we can do a meet and greet. <laughs> like, like a Craigslist drop off. <laughs> you, you got the four bucks, man. Yeah, you got the autograph lemonade. I sure do. It's the greatest transaction in American oh, history. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the actual topic of today's. <laughs> People episode like we thought a this bit. was a movie podcast. Nobody wants to hear about this movie anyway. They'd rather find out how they could win four dollars. If we're true. being honest, that's um, true. We're gonna move on to our topic this week, and that's collateral beauty. Now, Cameron, you've given a little background as to why you picked collateral beauty, but why mm-hmm. don't you go a little deeper into that for us here? Cool. So. Collateral Beauty is a very interesting movie. Um, I went and saw this. I was when I went to UC San Diego, they would have early screening premieres. So I saw a bunch of movies early. I saw Moonlight early. I saw The Isle of Dogs early, and I saw Collateral Beauty early. Now, as you can that's tell, a, that's such a run of three movies. One right of there. these things is not like the other. Yeah, Isle uh, of Dogs <laughs> is animated. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> no, um, Moonlight obviously great movie. Isle of Dogs obviously great movie. This movie uh, a very terrible movie. But you know the thing was is that uh, I, I I walked out of this movie, and you know we get there's a bunch of college students and they have you know the people who are kind of like collecting. It, it was like a test screening, so they had like mm-hmm. you know like the you had to fill out your opinion or whatever. And so, like, we were walking out, and there were, like, a bunch of, like, students who were crying. And, like, the like the people were asking, oh, what would you think about it? They're like, oh, my God, this movie was so good. It was I have so an, beautiful. I have, I, have, I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Um, what day of the week did you see this on? Oh, I don't Do fucking know. I don't freaking know. It? <laughs> it's too late. You already said it. <laughs> um, uh, was it uh, do you, Was it at in the evening? Yeah, it was at night. Was it a weekend? I think it might have actually been a Friday night. You're telling me that at your college, you, you college students oh, no, spent no, no, a no. Friday it, no, no. evening. It was, a, it was a Tuesday night. It was a Tuesday okay. night. It was a Tuesday okay. night. That's what I wanted to know. It's like, it if you guys Tuesday are going night. to see Collateral Beauty on a Friday night in college, we need to have another conversation. Okay, but you have to understand, this is UC San Diego, man. You have to understand. It, they're, they're, it's UC, it stands for UC Socially Dead for a reason, okay? <laughs> you could party at any school. Now it's UC Not UC distant. San Diego. You party anywhere. No, they literally banned uh, frat houses. Uh, just walk over to La No, Loya. the parties That's for true. UC San Diego were at uh, SDSU. So that makes sense. So you could just go do that instead. I didn't know anyone. You're gonna go party with Kawhi Leonard, dude. My Friday <laughs> nights were spent at the movie theater. 
hey man, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I don't enjoy going to the movies. I just think at that I'm age it would have been funny. Deja vu. Have we said? Have we talked about this before? <laughs> have we? I don't know this I exact have, like, topic. Major, yeah, like I just had big time major deja vu from the Kawhi Leonard thing all the way through you saying like, definitely I don't know, not man. the like, Kawhi Leonard thing. I hope we've never talked about collateral beauty yeah. before. Um, yeah, you're right. But anyway, I, inter- I, inter- yeah, I interrupted you. God, Ryan, Jesus, you're just, you're making fun of my college experience. You're calling me a lame person for seeing a a movie at college for free. For free. Isle of Dogs was on a Friday night. Thank you very much. I haven't seen. But this that. this one was on a Tuesday. Anyhow, <laughs> is that your cat? That's the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and. I've managed to keep her out of episodes until now, apparently, when she decided to come upstairs. So uh, keep going. I'll, I'll make sure she's quiet. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we're walking out of the theater, and all of these students are crying. And they're like, oh, my God, this beautiful, this movie was so beautiful. I loved it so much. And I saw it with my roommate, Ryan. Not this Ryan. The other my other <laughs> friend. Yeah, the other Ryan. The, the other world. Ryan. That you know, There's two Ryans. There's this Ryan and then my roommate, Ryan. Um, and I looked at him. And I said, I gazed into his eyes. I gazed into his eyes lovingly. <laughs> and I said, that movie was shit, right? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I was, and then I was like, okay, all, everything is good in the world. And so like, I was really interested because, because <clears throat> we watched this movie before any of the reviews came out. Um, it was, like I said, it was, it was way before this. I think we saw it like December 1st and it came out December 16th or something like that. Um, and then the reviews came out a couple of weeks later, and this was one of the lowest reviewed movies of 2016 or 2017, whatever year it came 26, out. 2016. 2016, yeah. And it's it's a it's a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I lost like, my train uh, of thought. Where are we going here? <laughs> yeah. um, well, I but mean, yeah. since you brought up the review ratings, we'll jump into that, and then Joel, I'll throw to you. Um, but before that, um, oh, we're all going to talk about this one. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess I'll mention the reason why I picked this movie is because just in general, I was appalled by this by the story of this movie. I like it, it's probably the most vile, vicious feel-good movie i've ever seen in mind it's in my entire life i mean it's it, crazy it's it was the opposite of a feel-good movie because it made me feel terrible yeah watching it but like yeah. it's supposed to make you feel good right like, that's the that's the problem so i watched this movie like i said i i've been watching these movies with my family i watched this movie with this my is my favorite this is my favorite part of the episode yeah i watched this movie <laughs> with my mom i watched this movie with my dad and after because i told them what, two separate times no no oh, i told like, them going why? into it i'm like this movie is terrible we got done and my dad was like, this was really good. What do you mean it was terrible? Oh. And my mom was like, yeah, that was actually one of the best things we've watched oh. recently. So there you go. It, it, yeah. I mean, Joel, if you look at the reviews on this one, it's at a 14% with the critics. Ex- <laughs> wildly low considering the star power in this film. But the reason I want to go to you is that the audience score is at 64%. Yeah. 50% difference between the scores. So, Joel, what is wrong with 64% of people in the world that have seen this movie? So, there was a review that I saw that I feel not necessarily summed up my feelings, but I feel like summed up maybe what the there audience There were some thinking. great reviews for this movie. Uh, this person had said, many critics will complain about emotional manip- emotional manipulation, uh, but I share Roger Ebert's view. Some people like to be emotionally manipulated. I do when it's done well. And then she wrote, or he wrote, I think beauty does it well. Do I agree? No. 
Did, um, did but, Raj get, did wait. did my guy Raj give this a glowing review? He was no, dead. No, 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 no. It was somebody else wrote this. <laughs> he just, he just dropped that he was dead. <laughs> yeah, he was dead. I mean, he was, but uh, the way he dropped it. Like, well, he yeah, can't write the review. Just, <laughs> I forgot when he passed away. I couldn't he, maybe, maybe if you write to him, he'll show up in the form of Helen Mirren. You know, luckily, shot. luckily he got he didn't have to see this movie. You saying it's lucky that he passed away so he didn't have to watch Collateral Beauty? <laughs> I'm okay. Well, you're not. You're not not I'm saying not, that. Not not saying it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's one of those films that very much like a general audience that's not going to kind of nitpick it and really dig into no, it. No, this isn't a nitpicky movie though. That's the thing. This is not a movie where no, it's like, no, it's, oh, you're I'm right. Nitpicking. It's not like like it's not like nitpicky. But what I'm saying is like I feel like most audiences would just watch this and just kind of be like, yeah, like it was fine. You know, and just be okay with it, which is, I think, a 63 kind of reflects that. You know, it's not like a, it's yeah. not like the audience is giving it, like, 80s, you know. It's a 63. So, I feel like most audiences were coming into this just like, it was what it was, what it was. you know. It was it kind of was indifferent in their minds. But, like, gotcha. why, though? Like, why would an audience member – we're three audience members, and I feel like we're all in the same boat here thinking it's a complete mess. Well, why would so many people think, it, think otherwise? Yeah, I mean – you know, I, I, I mean, are we ready to go into the movie? Ready to talk about it? Because, I mean, we can. I mean, yeah, we can get started. But before we do that, uh, why don't we throw to our weekly synopsis portion of the podcast? We'll give you a brief rundown. And what's interesting is this one is, we've touched on this in the pre-meeting before the episode. The trailer for this didn't give away anything about the actual film, so the plot, it showed a very different the, movie. Right, the synopsis that we're going to give you is not going to be that indicative of what the actual story is. We're going to tell you essentially what the marketing uh, wanted to show for this film. So with that, our synopsis for Collateral Beauty. Howard is struggling to pull himself together a few years after the tragic death of his daughter. He copes with this loss by writing letters to love, time, and death. To his surprise, the human embodiments of these concepts show up to help Howard heal and move on. So that was our brief synopsis for Collateral Beauty. We didn't really give you anything, but you're going to find out exactly what this movie's all about. Before we get into that, though, Cameron, why don't you explain to everybody what the trailer for this film was like? Gotcha. So you might have heard in the synopsis how I was talking about, like, oh, Will Smith is writing letters to love, time, and death, and they're helping him get through this traumatic event where his daughter died. And that was the movie that the trailer put forward. And it... it and I mean, I, I, Ryan said when we were talking off mic, Ryan said, oh, I was looking for I still wasn't looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, I was interested enough to go spend a Tuesday night watching it while at college. But the movie that's presented in the trailer is not the movie. It's very different. It's so funny because when you think about it, the trailer gaslighted its audience into seeing it, and yeah. it's an exact parallel of the movie plot. <laughs> it's it was so problematic um, once once we found out what this movie really was about. Because I'll yeah. be honest, I I just watched this for the first time uh, for the podcast, and I wanted to see this back when the trailer came out. I was like, this cast looks cool. The premise is interesting. I'll go check. I'll go check it out. Then the first flow of reviews came in, and this was back before like Movie Pass or AMC A List, where like you had to pay to go see an individual film. I was like, I don't even want to pay. It was like it was like nine bucks back then to go see. I didn't want to pay nine dollars. He didn't even get to the point where he wanted a refund. He was just like, hell no. I'm just not even gonna go. Yeah, I'm just not even gonna go do it. Um, yeah, I just 
I was so bummed to hear that because there's been a lot of movies um, that have shown something in the trailer that I would have my interest peaked and then heard that the movie was so terrible. I just skipped it. I'm not going to go over those because we'll probably touch on them down the road at some point. Um, but, Joel, when did you first see this movie? Was it just for this? Yeah, two days ago I watched nice. it for this. Yeah. Um, I remember, like you guys are saying, I remember seeing the trailer. I don't really remember the trailer enough to the point where I remember if I was interested in it or not. Honestly, I mean, this probably wasn't my type of movie anyway. Um, even if it was, you know, good in a way, I don't think this maybe would have been something I would have wanted to go see. Um, but I do remember seeing the trailers coming out and thinking the same thing, at least being interested with the cast because it's a it's a solid cast, pretty pretty stacked <laughs> cast, you know, not major, yeah. but it's there's essentially what there's eight characters in this eight important characters i don't know and oh i've got them here so um <laughs> that i've got the eight main actors for the movie um there's will smith who's the main lead in the film essentially even though he doesn't really have as much screen time as you yeah. would want in will smith role and this is just like with after earth like the will smith effect is not in this one he's mm -hmm. act his scenes I, I'll, I might just show my hand here. I think his scenes are the most interesting ones in this film just because he's probably giving the best performance. That doesn't mean it's a good performance, but he's probably giving the best performance. Um, so he's got, let's call him our main lead here. Then you have his three coworkers slash friends, Ed Norton, Kate Winslet, Michael Pena. Then you have this other bracket of three characters that we'll touch on them a little bit extra. Um, but that would be uh, Helen Mirren, Kira Knightley, and up-and-coming Jacob Lattimore. I haven't really seen what he's been up to lately, but everyone else in this cast is an established name. And then, of course, you have uh, Naomi Harris as like the, the one that helps Will Smith's character through like, the grieving process with everything. So that's a pretty damn good cast mm -hmm. if you're just going to go down the line. I, just just real quick, I don't, I don't know if you guys did any research on this movie or the production of it this movie was originally supposed to have hugh jackman in it in which in role what role well smith's role really mm -hmm. yeah oh i wouldn't like uh that. so it was supposed to be hugh jackman and rooney gonna, mara, was, it gonna, was it gonna be a musical rooney no. mara rooney mara was supposed to play kira knightley's character um, i could have seen that yeah totally uh yeah. i was actually um i was like wasn't that rooney mara they look so similar to me i don't know um but they do. They look very so, similar. I, I don't think so. so at all. Okay, well, you can think what you'd like. I'll think I what will. I like. <laughs> um, yeah, so Hugh Jackman was supposed to be in it. And then he had to not be in it because they were filming Logan around the same time. That's a great uh, movie. And so then they were like, hey, we should get Johnny Depp to do this. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, and then it just didn't work out with Johnny Depp. Uh, what, so what was he doing? Like, a, was he doing like Pirates Five at the same time? I don't know. Uh, he's probably honestly he was probably doing uh, Grindelwald or something. Oh, I think it came out around right. the yeah. same time. Yeah. Um, and then they got Will Smith. <laughs> that, <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like. <laughs> and then they decided to go with Michael Keaton or something I, like that. I, I no, yeah. well, they and and then so this movie filmed this movie filmed in February of 2016 and it released in December. It filmed it got done filming in April and they released it in December. So that just t tells you how much time they spent on this movie. I just I would say out of the three that you just named, Will Smith is probably the more interesting actor for this role based on what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm not saying those other two actors There's are really good. There's not an interesting actor for this role. This role is terrible. It's not the worst. It's not even the worst role in the movie. So, 
Um, just be thankful that some of the, uh, I would still argue that Will Smith See, had the I'm best role See, I'm going to actually argue with you that it is one of the worst roles in this movie. This movie pisses me off on so many levels. I mean, so for 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 the audience, just for everyone listening, there are movies that are made that are bad. Okay? That's fine. Bad movies happen all the time. There are movies that are made that are offensively bad. And this is one of those movies. This movie is offensively bad, okay? The plot is utterly ridiculous. It is vile. It is vicious. The plot, or the plot twists that it tries to throw in are so dumb. This movie has no clue or expects the audience to have no clue how movies are made or how they're supposed to be made. This screenplay is one of the worst exposition-filled BS-filled screenplays I have ever I, I I felt bad for the actors watching Edward Norton say these lines I was like are you kidding me this is Edward Norton how did he become part of this project that's what's interesting to me Edward Norton is an infamously a hard actor to work with how yeah. come he looked at this script and was like yeah this is something I want to do the lines were like the dialogue was awful the acting was awful he's I mean, so the, he's so creepy in this role like, yeah, yeah so creepy. he's always oh, very creepy. The, yeah. the, I mean, the characters were so one note, like ridiculously one note. The kind of like clever things that the movie tried to do were like, oh, you know, oh, well, maybe we'll, you know, put this little extra thing in. But the, I mean, this movie thinks that the audience is dumb, like very dumb, like hasn't graduated kindergarten dumb. Yeah, we may be dumb. Are we're not. We're not this your dumb. Parents dumb. You did. You did say your parents like this. So. Yeah. <laughs> Mister, Mrs. Tennyson. I know you listen. At least Mrs. Tennyson. So I'm sorry, your son. Uh, he also I mean, says. He also said that. He, he also said the f word already. So yeah, I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, mommy. <laughs> Put it in the swear jar. Um, well, no, they say the f word in this movie. So. Yeah, they do the classic PG-13 yeah. rule where you yeah. get one. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets one. But yeah, tell them, Peter. <laughs> there's, but you know, and we're gonna get into it, and I'll point out exactly what I hate and why I think. But this is a movie that just does not care about the audience. Sorry. Well, the well, the audience didn't care about it in terms of going to see it because if you look at this film, the budget they went with was uh, thirty six million, which I would have to imagine is mostly actor salary. Yeah, I would have to assume so because there's yeah. no real budget value, and they just shot it in New York City. Yeah, they just shot it in New York. Yeah, um, and then the opening weekend for this film is just over seven million dollars. It came out again. What was I seeing that it came out against? Christmas 2016. So it came out December 16th, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, 16th. You're right. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. Okay. Um, what so, can you say? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Say something. Um, you say? Up on you. Uh, December twenty sixteen. <laughs> we got. Song. We got sing hidden figures. Why did I say? It, was, oh. it was hidden figures. That hidden was figures. the one that. Yep. Um, that was good. A monster calls. Oh. Uh, hacker gold. Office Christmas party. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. So this came out. It's a dumping Lego ground. Frozen. That wasn't a movie, was it? Yeah, it was Lego Frozen Northern Lights. That wasn't like a theatrical release. I though. don't think so, no. no. Yeah, there's no way. 
I would have. I would have gone and seen it. I also would have seen it. Yeah. Uh, I would. I wouldn't go. I went and saw Sing in the theater instead of going to see this. Um, oh, I saw Hidden Figures. Well, I saw that later, but um, I saw both of them. Um, but yeah, this is um, this did not bounce back financially after that opening weekend. It totaled at the domestic box office at just over thirty-one million, and then Ooh. its grand total worldwide at eighty-eight point five million. $88.5 million for a movie that probably... How much do we think of the budget realistically went to the cast? Out of $36 million, how much? $36 I would say, million. All of it? <laughs> yeah, all of it. I was, no, I was going to well, say probably at least like twenty-five. I yeah, don't know I, why they released this as a Christmas movie, though. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. This is a Christmas movie, right? Uh, it's not it, a I mean, Christmas it takes place movie. During Christmas. It's is like, it a, is so like is it a Christmas movie like Die Hard is a Christmas like a movie? Die no. Hard, yeah, like, I would never... Uh-huh. I, I, would, I would say that like... This is a movie they should have released in. I mean, they should have released in fall uh, instead of winter, instead of Christmas. No one wants to go seven days before Christmas and watch a movie about someone's daughter who's dead. Like, come on. Mm hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, I I think it's well like that the, Christmas the way, shoes song. Well, it's the like way that that song is sad. that song is so sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so sad. But see the way and like this is what's very manipulative about the marketing of this movie. They market it to make it almost look like the Christmas Carol, right? A love, little bit, a little bit, yeah. Love, time, death. They show up to help him, you know, remember his daughter in a certain way. And so I like I very much think that the marketing had to do with the fact that they were releasing it around Christmas time. But this movie should not have been released around Christmas time. That's part of the reason. One, you're releasing it against a massive slate of movies that families are gonna right. If a family is if a family's going to a movie during Christmas, which obviously a lot of families are gonna do, are they going to see Sing or are they gonna see collateral beauty they're gonna go see a monster calls yeah i actually saw that so yeah um i mean yeah you're right like nobody went and saw this movie it's evident like the it's it is a piss poor job at or the box wait office. and release it in february where you have like all the other crap movies coming and the, out and that was honestly my thought when yeah. you when you were saying when should this have been released I, yeah. my mind went should have been should have been yeah. the, dump, the dumping ground month of february yeah because people people will go see a will smith movie in february they did with focus they would do it with this one too yeah that's why warner brothers put batman vs superman in february <laughs> <laughs> wait was it yeah it was that was a february movie um no it Joel, wasn't yes it was there's no way that movie didn't come out during the summer it didn't batman versus superman i'm almost positive it was no you're wrong <laughs> let's find out i saw it in sacramento and i was march in march 25th march 25th oh i was close what was the one that came out in February? oh so i must have seen it during um suicide squad came or not suicide uh harley quinn came out in february oh yeah Bur- you mean birds of prey yes Oh, it's it's actually Harley Quinn. Birds of Prey or the fantastical emancipation emancipation proclamation of of Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) But you know the thing is, is that February actually has been kind of changing. It's gotten better. Yeah, January's been worse lately. Well, because here's the thing, and uh, here's the thing: movie studios realize that they can release movies in February, and because there's no other big movies coming out in February, they can make money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there used to be the garbage months. And now it's kind of gone away. Yeah, it's kind of like January. Some of the worst months now are now the summer months. So, in regards to like actual good films, yeah. Being what made. even came out last summer? God, Tenet. <laughs> it's we like should get back to one. Collateral Beauty. Do we have to? Uh, I mean, yeah, because I I want to talk about how bad. This okay, is. do we want to go into um what the actual plot of this film is? Yeah, 
because that's going to open up. For, we've kind of had to hold back a little bit some of the things we want to talk about for this film because, like Cameron very well uh, put together, that is what the marketing did. But now that we've seen it, we're going to tell you what really is the premise of this film. Joel, why don't you give everybody a little bit of a rundown as the things get started here in the film? Uh, so do you want me to start at the beginning or can I kind of jump right in? You can just jump, jump right in. Yeah, just jump. Yeah. Ju- just hit just hit the key points. So essentially, Will Smith's character, um, he works at this like, what do we what do we say? It was like an ad agency or like, it's like an ad agency, a marketing yeah. firm type thing. Capitalism. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he works there alongside Michael Pena's character, Ed Norton's character, and Kate Winslet. They're all um, friends. It's a key detail. Yeah, it's a key detail. Prior to working at this place, um, really good friends. Really yeah. good friends. Um, so they're all working there. Whatever. Um, we find out he, you know, he, the very opening of the movie, he's kind of giving this speech and he's this big, happy, happy guy or whatever. And then it cuts to three years later and he's like super depressed and he's making things out of dominoes, like, you know, Rube Goldberg domino type things or just big domino trails. Anyway, so he's super depressed and a lot of the company's contracts ride on him and his personality, the person that he was. So they're starting to lose these contracts because he's, he's basically absent. He doesn't really talk to anybody. He shows up to work and just puts together these domino things, but he doesn't really talk to anyone. He doesn't do any business, anything like that. So the friends say, hey, you know what? We need to figure out some way to either get him back involved or get him out of the company. No, no. Did they actually even talk about getting him back involved? Well, they were trying to. Like like with Ed Norton in the elevator and stuff like that is what I'm like kind of thinking. It was like he's trying to – I talked to him once. Yeah, he's I guess like trying we have to, bring to him in. abuse him. But but honestly, this is where it gets good. And Cameron's saying it's so vile and like like cynical is that they say, well, okay, well, we need to get him out of the company then, basically. So they <laughs> out of he, his own he, his own company. His own company. He, he that, is the highest shareholder in the company. And they had hired a private investigator. That was the private investigator that um, got Ed Norton divorced from his wife. They found out that he was cheating. Um, Can I talk about real quick what they had the private investigator do? Because this was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I would like to touch on this. Go ahead. So they take a meeting with the PI, the three of these other characters, take a meeting with the PI. And what she has for them is that he's writing these letters. He's putting these letters in the mailbox. She has the letters. Which is like, well, if he put them in the mailbox, how did she get the letters? Mm -hmm. Like maybe she paid off the the mailman or something like that. No, she has a key to the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> she had a replica key made that cost her $800 and openly admits that, yes, this is a federal crime, but I did it anyway. Yeah. yeah she's do, like, yeah, no big deal. She's like, don't tell anybody. Do they, does she, did she pay out of pocket for that? Or is that just an extra charge added to their, I feel like she already her. had it. The way I interpreted it was oh, like it's she something she already had for <laughs> other this for her P- other PI this work. P- this PI is the most wild character to me in the movie because she shows up so many other times, and it's just so awkward every time yeah, she's on screen. She's very creepy. It's so weird. And Dowd, she plays the woman in Hereditary who puts the curse on Tony Collette. Hmm. Uh, so as Ryan was saying, they, they find out that he's writing these letters and this is where it gets really twisted. So he writes letters to death, love, and time. The, the concepts of death, love, and time. He is writing these letters to them. I like that they never say them in the same order every time they talk yeah, about them. Yeah, it's always different. It's always like death, love, time, time, death, love, love, time, death. It's like, okay, <laughs> sure. It doesn't matter. So the friend's master plan is, hey, let's hire some actors 
to play the roles of death, love, and time and show up in his life and start talking. But how does how, how, how does Ed Norton's character come up with this idea? What does he do at work first to find that? Well, they're, that part? they're doing they're doing auditions for uh, for an ad that they're going to be doing or whatever for and Simply Kira, Lemonade. Yeah, for Simply Lemonade. And Kira Knightley's character yeah. like is rehearsing her lines and says the lines backwards, and Ed Norton like corrects her, and she's like, "No, no, no, this is better." Whatever. So she walks out afterwards, like frustrated, which they don't really explain. No, why. she just was like all of a sudden angry that this guy liked her idea. So she storms out of the building, and he creepily follows her. Yep. into mm. into a uh like abandoned little warehouse thing which turns out it was her and two other actors are trying to get this like play i guess off the ground some sort of show i, I guess yeah, yeah they didn't really talk about that um they're trying to get some show off it's like ground. michael Pandy's characters like it looks like a storage closet yeah <laughs> um and as since they're trying to get this show they, they need money and stuff and so she, ed norton basically says like hey i think i have an idea um if we can work this out I know a way to get you your money. I'll be back. And so then somebody brings the other friends, uh, Kate Winslet. And, and uh, was it, was it clear to you guys when he said that to them, what his plan was going to be like without no, especially for you, Joel, cause you hadn't seen it yet. Like well, without, without knowing what their plan was going to be, was it clear what the plan was going to be after I that think, meeting? Okay. So I, I, I want to make, because I don't know if anyone's actually specifically stated it so far. Like we've kind of talked about. So Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, Michael Pena, they have decided that in order to get the company back, they are going to prove that Will Smith is mentally unstable. Well, we, have, well, we haven't gotten to that part no, yet. No, but this is what they were trying to do initially. Now, they didn't have a way in which they were going. They were just trying to find something in his life that mm -hmm. proved he was crazy. Oh, but yeah, they didn't yeah, have okay. a way. So they like it started off with them being like, hey, we want to prove he's crazy. They didn't have a way to do that. They were just trying to find something from his life that showed that he was crazy. But they right. couldn't. But the only thing they could find were those letters. Yeah, because the P.I. is like he just sits at a dog park all but day. They and, literally and, 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 and Ed Norton's like, does he write letters to the dog? Yeah. <laughs> but they literally have the conversation and they're like, oh, well, writing letters doesn't make him crazy. Like mm -hmm. they literally have this conversation trying to find a way to sell out their friend, make him look like he is mentally unstable enough to the point where he cannot um, be the CEO of his company. Yeah. And and kind of touching on what Cameron's saying there is. So, like I said, they, they hire these actors to show up as these roles in the life uh, in his life. And the whole thing is that the P.I. videotapes all these encounters and then they digitally remove the actors that way it looks like he's talking to nobody and that's how they go about trying to make him look like he's crazy um they even went as far as like the pi shows up with like her grandson at one part and I walks past part. and says the, the grandson's like grandma who's that man talking to and she's like i don't know some people are kind of crazy or something <laughs> like the line is something along those lines um clearly they can see the actress, or who was it at that part? It was uh, Helen Mirren. It was, uh, They can yeah. see Helen Mirren at that part, but they're, they're yeah, acting so as if they don't to make it. We should feel talk it. about what each of the characters' roles are. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to have an embodiment of death, love, and time. They have the youngest actor of the group, that's Jacob Lattimore. He plays time. We have Helen Mirren playing death, and they just pick her because she's the oldest one. <laughs> that's the only reason they do it. And then uh, Keira Knightley plays love. Um so their plan is to have each one of them individually interact with um, with Howard. That's Will Smith's character, mm -hmm. Howard, to try and just, like, get a feel. Did you guys think that initially 
the first time around. They were just trying to have it to get him like to snap out of things because they're just because Helen Mirren meets with him and then like the next scene she's telling Michael Pena like yeah it worked he totally believed it everything's good we're good to go and it's like well you guys didn't actually do anything yet he kind of he kind of just took the letter and walked away like that was it like nothing nothing had actually happened yet I I don't think they were trying to snap him out of it I thought I think they were trying to make him snap mentally and be like okay I've gone full blown crazy like I like I don't think there was not a point. There, there was no point of return in helping them in helping him. They were not trying to help him. They were trying to sabotage him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But it's weird because like they decide later on, like we're going to go a second time. We're going to have him, you interact with him a second time. It's like, well, yeah, because you guys didn't accomplish anything. Yeah, the first no, time. It was like, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I've never had one conversation and been like, Oh my God, that's lasting with me forever. And like in the conversation where I never seen that person again, you know, well, Even like, yeah, what, they were, what they were saying with the with the second time that they send them out to go interact with him is that they needed a response that his initial conversation with them like you were saying ryan it it didn't do anything and in terms no. of like video and stuff that nothing that they would have shown from those interactions would have made him look like he was crazy yeah maybe he's talking to the air or whatever but like it wasn't anything crazy whereas when we see these second interactions that he has later on like he's throwing a skateboard and he's like throwing a fit in the train and and yelling at people at dinner you know so it, it that's when they're trying to get these videos that they can superimpose out of and him. if you guys are listening to this and you're wondering well hey i thought this movie was about will smith's daughter who had died yeah so did we but for some reason the movie decides to spend 90% of the movie trying to figure out a way in which it can ignore the fact that the daughter died. The first right? the first half of this movie at least is just these three co-workers and friends with these three actors mm-hmm. plotting against Will yeah. Smith's character. Yeah. They spend so much time plotting how they're going to make Will Smith go crazy. Like it, it's it's something that could have literally happened in like a quick montage, right? Where like if it's a snappier film, right? It's like boom, boom, oh okay, we found boom, actors, boom, boom. You know, something like that. But no, it takes like forty five minutes for them to get to the point where they actually have the actors and they're like, oh okay, guess we're gonna make him go crazy now. Also, um, the funny part where we find out, like, Will Smith's daughter died. I don't know if you guys – this the dialogue in this movie is terrible. But Edward Norton and um, – Edward Norton and Kate Winslet Kate are on Winslet. a bench. And they're like, oh, man, he's having a hard time. And Edward Norton, Norton goes – well, his daughter died. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> yeah. you guys remembered that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was how we found out that the reason why Will Smith was sad was because his daughter died. Yeah, they don't tell us right away what the reason is. It's when they're like looking at Christmas trees in the park. And, yeah, and they he's tell like, him, yeah. it's been three years since his daughter died. Yeah, his daughter died three years ago, and we just we got to move on, though. We got to get him out of here. Yeah. Like, I, saw, <laughs> I saw a review that was like, this must be the first time ever in a movie where a child's death was treated as an inconvenience to a capitalistic. Um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, that's the that's the biggest issue. That's the biggest issue with this film is that like you have these three people that are supposedly his friends. It's like very good Ed, Ed, friends. Ed, Ed, yeah. Ed Nor- and they run this the down. Best friends. Ed Norton's character is actually his co-founder with the company, mm-hmm. but he's such a sleaze bag. That he had to sell off some of his shares to pay off the lawyers in his divorce. So that is why they, he's not technically like equal parties here. Because if he was yeah. equal parties, he they could just push out Will Smith. But because yeah. he's not, Will Smith's character now owns more shares. So that's why well, they have to push him out. So he, But he 
so he's got that uh, going on with him. Um, like he just so that's supposed to be like his best. They even say my best friend in my whole life. Will Smith calls him later on in the film. Then you have um, Kate Winslet's character and Michael Pena's characters who he hired and had them on at this company for years going through, you know, like Kate Winslet's character, not like putting everything in her life aside to work for this advertising firm, which by the way, that's a really bad idea. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, even if it is your friend and Michael Payne's character going through major medical issues and Will Smith's character helping him through all of that. And they throw all of this away, all of these good deeds that he did for them when they were going through hard times, because they're just like, well, I mean, we're going to lose this contract if he doesn't get his shit together. So we got to get rid of him. We have to kick him to the curb. And not only that, make him look so clinically insane that it's going to ruin his entire life. That is what they decide to do. These, is, these are the friends that yeah. he has in this film. And it blows my mind that yeah. somebody thought that that was a good idea for a story. Yeah, I mean, like Cameron was just touching on a little while ago, you, you go into this thinking it's going to be about his daughter, and we're going to see his struggle, which we do here and there, but so much more of the film, and, and the majority of the film is focused on these quote-unquote friends trying to sabotage him and get him out of the out of the firm, you know? And it's just like, it, it takes what was promoted as this film with, like, heart and you know, this story where you're going to feel bad for this guy, but go through the struggle with him. And it turns it into like, this is how his friends turned on him in one, like such a terrible way, you know? And like you were saying, right. Almost like in a sense to kind of ruin his life in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't, well, you don't plot to make somebody look clinically insane with good intentions. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, is that you, you, if you haven't seen this movie, you might be listening and be like, Oh, don't. Okay, well, uh, you know, the movie, <laughs> you know, you know, the movie probably is, you know, doesn't make these characters that look at, you know, like Michael, Michael Pena, I will said Michael Sarah, Michael Pena, Kate Winslet. It'd be a Dorian. very different film. Uh, you know, the movie probably doesn't side with them or whatever, but the movie tries to make it look like what they're doing is the right and okay thing to do. Yeah. Like it's like very sympathetic to their characters. It's like, oh yeah, you know, whenever, you know, isn't it normal for when your friend has a, you know, is having a mental breakdown that you just try to gaslight and sabotage and ruin his entire life and make him like, look like he's goes crazy. That way he loses everything. Isn't that just normal? When like, they're, did when they they're not, no, go ahead. No. Oh, I was just going to say real quick, when they're pitching the idea to the actors, Helen Mirren's character literally says, so you want us to gaslight him? And yeah. I was expecting them to say no. And they're just like, well, yes, but also. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay, so you are trying to they're do that. Told, like, it, like the movie does not shy away. It, like, the act like that's the thing that's crazy to me is like how did someone feel like this was a good idea like okay like and i know at the end of the movie this concept is it seems like a like something that would be like a dark comedy right something where it's like hey we have this friend and we're like you, you know we're going to try and make him feel like he's going crazy so we can get control of the company like but like it but like in a way that it like literally shows that they're evil Right. Mm -hmm. And no world can, do I feel like anyone can watch. I mean, of course, my parents did. And no world do I feel like someone could look at this and be like, you know what? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good idea. I understand why they're doing this. Yeah. And if they do, you maybe need to reassess your relationship with that person, which is what I've done with my relationship with my parents since we watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you touched on something really, really good there, Cameron. And or and maybe you didn't directly say this, but I actually don't hate the like concept and their little game plan 
but not in this setting or this type of film or yeah. what it was trying to be. You know, like you said, a dark comedy with this exact same sort it of could like be interesting. Plot, it would yeah. be really, yeah, it could be really fun. If uh, they're but, yeah, if they're not trying to like pull at your heartstrings <laughs> in the film, and it's just like these are just a group of people that are going to screw over their friend and it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. We'd watch that. I mean, obviously not with, you know, he's grieving for with his dead daughter no. or something else. Yeah, yeah. No, maybe it's like a it's like a like a terrible boss type thing where it's like, "Oh, the the boss is ruining everything. Like we need to find a way to get him out of the company." Type thing, and we know? can call we can call it horrible bosses. Horrible bosses, yeah. 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 Um <laughs> So yeah, so the, so that's the friends side, and I, right, I don't know if we want to go into the next part, but we really need to talk about Will Smith's character. Yeah, we'll get into Will Smith and a little bit more about what his character does in this. But before we do that, we're going to throw a quick word to our ads. So Cameron, tell us a little bit more about what Will Smith's character is like in this film, because he doesn't really have any characterization until about halfway through. Yeah, so so Will Smith, he's a dad. His daughter died. He's very sad. Right, that was a little rhyme I just came up with, a little poem I just wrote for this. Uh... It was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, obviously he is sad that his daughter died. So every once in a while he rides his bike, and sometimes he rides it against traffic, and we know he's really sad because he's riding it in a way that he might get hit by a car, but he doesn't really seem to care, and that's really good characterization. It's it's very powerful. I'm being very sarcastic, obviously. Um, oh, I thought you were being serious. So Will Smith kind of has this face, this like uh, this ever longing face of, oh, I'm sad, I'm depressed. But one time he goes and he sees this support group and he's like, hey, maybe I should go in. But he doesn't go in. But the woman played by Naomi Harris sees him and he bikes away. OK, well, he comes back a little bit later. He decides maybe I'm going to go in and he goes in and Naomi Harris is like, hey. What's what? What did you have what, a child? What's died? what's good, bruh? Did you have a child who died? <laughs> yeah, what's good, bruh? Uh, and he's like, and he doesn't want to talk about it because Will Smith doesn't like talking in this movie. And he starts crying, and he wants to leave, but she says, "No, stay here. You don't have to talk. It's okay." Have we watched the two Will Smith movies with the least amount of Will Smith dialogue now yeah, after probably. Earth and after yeah. Earth and Collateral Beauties? <laughs> so. They keep talking, or they don't keep talking, but they keep, he keeps meeting up, and, you know, they talk a little bit, and she's like, oh, well, I had, you know, I had this, you know, my child passed or whatever. She had um, she had cancer, brain cancer, whatever. It was like a rare form of something, and oh, she passed. She was six years old. Yeah, They only yeah, say yeah. it like 50 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh. It's well, supposed is- to be like a coping mechanism thing to say it out loud multiple times. That's okay. what it's supposed to be. All right. Um, so, okay, yeah, so they talk and they get to know each other and you know because she's like hey what's your name and he's like oh well, this is my name and you know they talk about life and they talk about <laughs> i like that you, you didn't say his name you said this is my name <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he said. I, I, so they talk and they get to know each other a little bit and it's like you know they're they're becoming friends and you know they're talking but he still doesn't say anything about you know his daughter who died and, and she presses him a little bit on it oh too. she presses him but you know what they're just, these are just two strangers who don't know each other, and they're just talking about, you know, life they, and getting to know oh, each other. Or are they? Or are they strangers? And 
there are a lot of dumb things that happen. What in is the? Movie. What about before we get to that? What okay. about the the letter? Don't forget to incorporate the like the letter the that letter. she has. Well, she looks at like because he said, "Oh, are you and your husband or whatever?" I I don't know if he says husband. He might have assumed <laughs> that she wasn't. You know, that she had a husband or whatever. He said, oh, "Are you still together or divorced or whatever?" And she's like, "Oh no, we broke up." And he's like, "Oh, do you still love him?" And she's like, "Yeah, you know, we probably still love each other, but you know." Um, you know, we had a daughter who died, so, you know, it's kind of hard to get over that. And she's like, but she gave me this letter one time and this letter said, if only we could be strangers again. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about how that in context, this dialogue is going to be completely thrown out all of like all of it. Cause like, and he's just like, are you like, are you married? Do you have a husband? it's not well the whole thing the whole thing so the twist is if you guys haven't guessed the m night m night twist is she takes him home to her home and she's no no he no he just shows up right right on christmas Christmas eve yeah on christmas eve okay so he shows up and he's like i want to talk and she's like oh come in come in come in and stuff and she's and he's like oh you know we're gonna talk and she's like she's she's like oh you know do you want to talk about your daughter he's like no and she's like no talk about your daughter and then she puts on this video and oh my god you know what happens this is the same video we saw will smith watching earlier oh my god this is his wife you mean this whole time where they're having these conversations where they act like they don't know each other like they're strangers are actually just role play some sick perverted way of being oh i guess we're actually strangers again what the hell no one would ever put up with this i'm sorry i have people who i have loved I would not do this bullshit for them. I mean, come on. The acting like that, like he literally is like, oh, what's your name? Like at, at the beginning, he's like, oh, what's your name? And she's like, oh, this is my name. What's your name? <laughs> they know each is, other. You keep saying this is my name instead of saying their names. <laughs> they know each other. <laughs> Probably because he didn't bother remembering like also I did. Also that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know each other. No people would actually have this conversation. If someone came to me and they're like, oh, what's your name? I'd be like, yo, Howard, shut the hell up. You know, you know who I am. Like, I come wanna, on. I want to do something real quick since you brought up the names. I'm going to read off the name and you tell me, you guys tell me which cast member it is. Okay. Okay. Claire, uh, Kate Winslet. Okay. Amy. That's, That's the uh, Knightley. No, uh, is oh they have names. Yeah, they all <laughs> oh, they man. all have names. Yeah, they all have names. Yeah. Um, Simon. Love. Uh, no, that's gonna be Ed Norton. No, no it's wrong. Love Simon. <laughs> um, oh, Simon's Michael Pena's character. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Br- Brigitte. Uh, that's that's Helen Mirren. Yeah, well, that's e- that's easy. Rafi bomb, or just Rafi. Love. Why do you why do you keep saying love? <laughs> Rafi is that is that time? Yeah, it's the oh yes, yeah, it's it's yeah, he's time. Yeah, <laughs> his name's Rafi. Uh, Madeline, his wife, Naomi it, Harris. Right, and Wit. That's Ed Norton. That's everybody. We did it. See, you guys do know all their names. Good job, guys. Conjoined, conjoined, like. But, so that was that was kind of one of the big pl- plot one twists. of the twists. yeah i was gonna say who saw the second one coming yeah so this I is didn't. one of the po- plot twists and that they were actually husband and wife and that they knew each other this entire time and that the, all the conversations that they had had they both knew who each other were they were just playing really freaking stupid with each other it was so annoying before we get into the second plot oh we still got more to talk about yeah there's some key details i want to go back to the actors the three actors because they 
end up playing a pretty vital role. So we mentioned like what the three of them, what their roles are. They run into Will Smith multiple times. We see that they have individual interactions with different uh, different coworkers. It's uh, Rafi, who's time. He has his scenes with uh, Claire, Kate Winslet. And then Brigitte, which is Helen Mirren's character, doing death. She has her scenes with Simon, Michael Payne's character. And then... Um, and then Love, which is uh, Amy, Keira Knightley's character, has her scenes with Wit, Ed Norton's character. I think we should run down the three of these and a little bit about what their interactions surface around. And I'm going to go first with the Wit and Amy relationship in this <laughs> film because it is problematic. Mm, Edward Norton, I would <laughs> like to kiss you even though I just met you. So – it's not that important, but we should throw this out there just for the sake of things. That Ed Norton is basically estranged from his daughter at this point. He's he a horn a dog. Yeah, he. It's really funny to me that they don't touch on this. That he has a daughter that hates him, and yeah. he's giving his best friend shit for being upset that his daughter died. So it's like, my dude, you literally have a daughter. If your daughter died, you would be upset. I don't understand why you're so hard on your friend about this. But she hates him because he cheated on. Uh, cheated on her mom, and she never wants to see. Well, him he's again. a he's a terrible person. Yeah, he's a terrible person. He's Absolutely. a terrible person. Absolutely. So he like we talked about him following Amy to the studio, whatever, to find the three actors. He is so aggressive towards her, in like in a way that he thinks is romantic, and it's just so off putting. Yeah, it's like imagine Harvey Weinstein's idea of romance. That's Edward Norton's character. It's so weird. Like she gives, she shows no signs of interest in him in that way. And he just keeps running with it until finally she shuts him down. And thank God they never like do this thing at the end, which I thought they were going to do where they end up getting together at the end. Yeah. I really thought that's what that was going to happen. And I was so glad it wasn't because she, t she, uh, Amy's the only one that doesn't agree with doing all of this to Howard. Um, and she walks out on the rest of the group. Um, but Wit goes and talks to her, and she says, if you reconcile with your daughter, I will still help you guys. But in the way the scenes are shown in the film, she comes back to help them before we see him reconcile with his daughter. So that didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter at all. It didn't matter at all. But that's their relationship. Um, Joel, why don't you tell us about the Simon and Brigitte relationship and what goes on there? Yeah, so Brigitte's playing death, so she's all about death with Will Smith's character. Howard, right? Howard. Um, yeah. And Simon, who's Michael Pena's character, we find out he eventually discloses to Bridget that – is it actually pronounced Brigitte? Like, do they say that in the movie? I don't think they even say her name. Okay. If they do, I don't remember. Who cares? Um, so <laughs> they, um, he discloses to Bridget that he has a uh, – he relapsed to cancer um yeah what did they that, call it they called it uh it was a, a like a multiple myeloma that's what it yeah. was called so he's had it since he was a kid he's ha yeah he's had it since he was a kid um and he had been fighting it and he had been doing i guess okay he was in remission um, yeah and but now he's you know gone back and we're supposed to understand later on in the film that howard was helping him through this um but he says that he hasn't told anybody not his family. His wife doesn't know. Um, he has a newborn. Um, this guy's literally he, coughing up blood on yeah, the street the and, hasn't, and hasn't told <laughs> his wife. Yeah, 
there's a scene where we see him in the bathroom and he's like coughing up blood into the into the toilet and he has like the water running and he flushes the toilet and everything like that um but basically she's as you know quote unquote death she's helping guide him to understand like hey you're going through this whether you like it or not and you're only hurting your family by not telling them he says he doesn't want to tell them and put through all the, them through all that pain and she also saying, sa- he also says to her you're just some actor lady i just yeah. met what do you know and, uh but she's trying to to get him to understand like well if you don't tell them and then something you know tragic happens you're not giving them the chance to say goodbye so she's kind of supposed to be like the the uh what would you call her like the the mother role of the three like I, essences I, you know like I guess, like the I guess, leader yeah. of the three in a way um mainly in because she's the eldest um but yeah so her her whole thing is with Michael Pena is that he has you know this uh what you what you say it was a uh, yeah some form multiple of multiple myeloma multiple myeloma he had cancer um, yeah he was she's, dying she's trying to to uh, get him to understand that he needs to come to terms with the fact that yeah he might die but he needs to make sure his family knows so they can say goodbye and be prepared for it in the best way he can which which he does do he does end. yeah um which we actually and, find uh, out his wife oh, already knew yeah. oh we didn't even talk about what the actors are getting as a reward for helping them we didn't even mention that yeah twenty thousand dollars, 20 each. grand each, each 20 grand each to do this yeah uh, which i actually th- thought that it was funny when they were like when the three actors were talking about it and they're like you know they're kind of like sidebarring and he's like blah, blah, and you hear him say like all right, so fifteen thousand, yeah, fifteen thousand. And he turns around, he's like, "We want twenty thousand. That was funny. And Michael yeah. Pena's like, "I just heard I you just, say fifteen. He's like, "Twenty he's like sounded 20. better." Yeah, I like. Yep, I did like that. Um, yeah. So so far, um, uh, Amy, aka Love, has helped Ed Norton reconcile with his daughter, and then Brigitte Death has helped uh, Simon cope with the what he's got going on with his disease cameron what about claire and the time element how does that come into play for her so claire there's this very interesting scene it's artistically done artistically is the word i can't tell if you're being sarcastic i can't tell this is being this time or not this is very sarcastic (laughs) yeah Uh, so there's this scene where we see claire and she's kind of looking a little sad you know, like why is she looking sad the camera then slowly and when i mean slowly i don't i don't actually know but it pans in and it sees this flyer oh my god it's for sperm donors oh my god claire wants a baby that's how we find out she wants and it doesn't tell you it shows you so that's good filmmaking show don't tell right she wants a a kid for some reason i don't know so her don't forget her reason for not having one is because she's devoted too much of her time to this advertising firm she hasn't had time for herself so anyway jacob Lattimore's character time he sees that he's like yo you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, a kid and she's like no i'm too old he's like no you gotta get a kid you're not too old and she's like huh maybe he's right and that's uh that's that's the story of claire <laughs> basically it we never follow up on that yeah <laughs> no and that's that the one. thing that's the thing is this movie it had like okay so it had it had two plots or it had two i think it had no, no, i think it had more no, than two no, no, no. it had two he plots said, <laughs> it had two plots <laughs> and then based off of that it had multiple sprawling subplots okay, okay yeah so the two main plots are 
what the characters are doing to Will Smith by gaslighting him to make him look like he's going insane. And yeah. then you have how Will Smith is coping with the loss of his daughter. Then you have the subplot of each character of time and, you know, Edward Norton, time and uh, Kate Winslet of Edward Norton in love of, you know, Helen Mirren, you know, killing the guy with cancer, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, and then, you know, Will Smith and his, you know, wife, who's not actually his wife until you found it. And so like, and this movie's all over the place. And like, you wonder, Oh, was it like you wonder? Okay, well, with the movie with this many plots, surely it has to be kind of long. It's only an hour forty, which thank goes to God. show. Yeah. You know, thank God. But they didn't let any like. Obviously, I'm not saying I want this movie to be longer, but each oh. plot is given like zero time you're, to yeah, make any impact at all. You're saying they introduce all these subplots but never close them. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That there's all just left open ended. We don't know what happens yeah. to Michael Payne. Yeah, we if he didn't watch him die. I wanted yeah. to watch him cough to death because Will he's a terrible Smith. person oh for tr- for making Will Smith go crazy. Okay. I don't, I don't think I think really only Ed Norton's the really terrible person in all this. No, they're all complicit. I mean, they're, I, I, I mean, they're all complicit, but he's just like outright just an awful person. I, yeah, no, he's the scum. Like like yeah. I said, if someone were to get shot in this movie, I would want it to be Edward Norton. Did you say but, that already? <laughs> no, I'm saying that now. Okay. It's like like um, I said, in my mind. <laughs> in my mind, yeah. Um, As I was watching the film, it's yeah. just like, if I could pick somebody. If I could pick someone to die, it would be <laughs> Edward Norton's character. Like, why couldn't he have been the one with cancer? Then we'd all be rooting for cancer. Um, oh, in no. the movie, okay? In the movie. In the movie, yeah. Okay, okay. we'd be like, come on, hurry up, Edward. It's time, you, to, it's time he, to go. He, people may think we're like you're exaggerating that. He's an awful person in no this he is terrible he's he is ho- the he's, worst he, person ever he cheated on his wife he neglects his daughter he back he's backstabbing his best friend and he's creepily following this girl he's mm-hmm. interested in if i was in a room with adolf hitler and this guy i'd shoot i would <laughs> shoot two, toby twice <laughs> yeah, shoot exactly. toby twice. with yeah. two bullets i'd shoot Edward norton twice exactly <laughs> you would shoot you'd shoot wit twice yeah, not, not, Ed norton. Norton. not not Edward norton. norton no no but like and then you know we haven't well, even I've... talked about the scene where they finally reveal to Will Smith. Yeah, their they... plan. They're into the like. They're like, okay, it's time for the meeting. You're expecting that during these when we as we're learning more about these characters and the struggles that they're going with, you're expecting them to end up not going through with all of this. Yeah, but <laughs> to have a do. little bit of right. moral, you know, issues with yeah. it, to struggle with it, but they don't. But they don't because we get we get to a scene where they're in the the freaking meeting and they're showing the videos of the three actors literally edited out of them to make it look like Howard is just screaming it to himself. They backstab their friend and then also get like their own help out of it. Yeah, he helps yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, so so this happens, and they're like, "Oh, hey, look at these videos that we took, and we." Edit. By the way, is no one gonna talk about how ridiculously dumb this whole? We're gonna take a video with our camera and then do like three hundred thousand dollars worth of special effects work. Yeah, the the one you that know, drove me the most insane. I mean, they're they're all pretty bad, but the one in the train. Yeah, the, where she covers spo- him. Yeah, the PI was recording from behind Kira Knightley's character, and then Will or Howard is facing you know toward the camera unknowingly 
and it, you see the video and he's just yeah. like yelling it literally looks like at nothing it's like there is no way they yeah. went about digitally removing her that way like that's yeah. no, just use just using a regular so, phone it, that pissed me off they sh- so much they should have had her do it on like a flip phone and see that's what i'm saying it's <laughs> like, like on, a, on a samsung razor <laughs> this movie just expects this audience to be like very like like to have no understanding of how video editing works you and they know? got and they got away with it for five years until we showed up. It's like it's like the holly. It's like the it's like the total like, it, literally. It's like, you know, when you have grandmas talk about, oh, this is how you know, oh, they use special effects in the movie. That's how they ex- this movie expected everyone to understand how video editing works. It's oh, we want them to be gone. Okay, we're just gonna take them out. I wanted to go back and talk about the actor relationships because. There's a second twist at the end of this film. What was... You didn't mention that Will Smith when they explained it to when they explained what they did and that they wanted to make him go crazy. He was totally cool with it. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. He just didn't care. Like yeah. the, the guy, he didn't care. And you know what? Honestly, I understand that. Like to hell with the rest of you. I'm dealing with all this crap about my daughter. I don't care. Get out. Well, we don't do actually. But the, the crazy thing is, is, there's never a moment where we even see them admit to what they did. Like they don't actually show that, right? We see the stuff on the screens. But then, but then he's like, but he pieces it together. But in they, the meeting, yeah. No, but he. I don't think. And correct me if I'm wrong. At least this is how I interpret it. I don't think he pieces together that they, like, made this all up. Yeah. Like no, I, no, I, I, he said that they had people following him. That's what he put together. That they're like you had, yeah, he was but like, he you had, but ter- he, but he didn't know the what the intent behind it was. No, I. But in terms of the people following him, I'm pretty sure he was referring to the PI. He's not referring to the actors. No, that no, that's what I'm saying to you. Like, because at that point, he still thinks that they're like embodiments of these yeah. spirits yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm saying that when he he puts together that somebody followed him and recorded him with all this stuff and then that's when the other three confess in a sense even though they get exactly what they want they confess to what they did right and but he I don't just think they care. ever directly say like oh we hired the actors they never like say that. anything yeah, they, about that they at the the way we're led to believe is he always believes that those actors were the embodiments yeah. he never finds out that those actors weren't really yeah which is crazy or were actors. it's crazy they never yeah. they never showed that like they I, admit that they did that like yes we did this like we had to figure out some way to get you out of company but they never tell him like oh we hired actors to pretend to be yeah so you know, these... after this whole thing they still want him to believe that he is actually crazy mm-hmm. they have no problem with him thinking that he literally met time love and death they're like all right <laughs> just moving well, on we got what we needed yep well let's um let's wrap this up this film we've given it way more time than it deserves already what is the final twist at the very end of the film joel what do you have for us on that i don't even know if i want to say it because i really didn't know how to put it together right like like honestly like i didn't know what they were trying to tell us i mean maybe if one of you has i'll say what it is um but like i said i didn't really understand it honestly maybe one of you can do a better job uh but earlier in the film uh, the, the, so the title of the film is Collateral Beauty. Earlier in the film, when Howard is talking to uh, Naomi oh, Harris's okay. character, she says, oh, you know, when my daughter was dying, I was sitting outside the waiting room. 
Um, and this woman was sitting next to me and she asked me, are you losing someone? And when I told her it was my daughter, she said, just make sure that you notice the collateral beauty. And that really stuck with me. And she's trying to like get Howard to understand like this concept of the collateral beauty. And he's like, no, I don't believe it. There's no such thing as the collateral beauty. Like, like my daughter's dying, whatever. Anyway. So at the end of all this, we see a flashback. Once we know that, that the, that Naomi Harris's character is his wife, we see a flashback of her sitting outside the hospital uh, room crying because her daughter is about to die. They're about to take her off the life support. And who was the woman that was there talking to her? Oh it was Helen Mirren's character. No. The character of death. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? So, like, wow. like how, how did you guys interpret that? I'm curious. Well, don't forget, like, don't forget the very, the very end, end we see them at Oh, Central well, at the very end. Yeah, at the very end, they're all, so uh, Howard and Naomi Harris's character, I keep forgetting. What was her name? Madeline. They get Madeline. back together. They're, they, they're back together, and they're walking through Central Park together, and I don't remember. Does he hear something, or does he just turn around? He just turns around. Yeah, he, he turns, turns around, around, and on the bridge, he sees uh, Kira Knightley, um, Jacob Lattimore, and, and Helen Mirren, the three, you know, love, time, and death. And he sees them standing on the bridge, and he kind of gives that, like, knowing look back, like, you know? Like, uh, like, like uh, hey. never mind, I'm not going to say it. Um, that knowing look back at them, like, to see, like, oh, okay, like, yeah. And then when Naomi Harris's character turns around, they're gone. Oh my God! Wait. So like they were, they were, they were actors. They were really they love, were really the time and death. Of love, time and death. Right. Oh my God! I, that is so I, genius. I I see what they were going for with that. I think it was supposed to be that those three were actually helping the three friends. That's why right. they focus That's, so yeah. heavily on the one-on-one -on -one relationships with them. But it's just it. That twist was so. It's it made me throw it, up. I literally so threw bad. up while watching it. I, it's it's <laughs> Your I ruined parents. my couch. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. But so yeah, that twist so ridiculously stupid, so ridiculously dumb. You know what? They would have saved the advertising firm a lot of money if they had just actually been invisible. That way, they could have just recorded literally nothing instead of you know, <laughs> uh, instead of having to you know spend all that money and. It, it literally seemed like they were like, hey, let's add one more twist. What do you guys think? I have this crazy idea. Yeah. Like, let's do this. And they just threw it in there. Yeah. Like, for and no reason. Like, yeah. And I, they didn't need it. We didn't need it. it. Not at all. And, I mean, when you guys were watching it, you 100% knew that was what was going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't. Honestly, guys, I didn't see either twist coming. The one with uh, Naomi Harris being his wife and the one oh, with okay. them being like actual like spiritual beings, mostly because I was so checked out that I just didn't care. And when I, the one with, I will admit the one where we find out that that's his wife, I was like, Oh wow, that's kind of interesting. That's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. My wife. yeah. Uh, I thought no, that one was a little interesting. The second one is the one I'm just like, this is just unimportant. Yeah. The Naomi Harris one, I, I same thing. I was I was kind of caught off guard. See, that but one like you said, I was a little more. checked out. I'm not out. gonna lie. Um, just because the, uh, of all the, the dumb whole, like, dialogue. Well, now, the, but yeah. Yeah, well, like yeah. Now when I look back on it, it's and when you bring it up because I didn't think of that. When you brought it up, it's like looking back at their earlier scenes. Like yeah, that's really it's, stupid. It pisses me off so yeah. much. It's it like, makes it's sense. So dumb. If but, you, it, it's one of those things where if you rewatch this movie and you never should do it, but if you did, I did and it. you and you knew that that twist was coming and you saw those scenes, I would agree with you. It would really make me angry. Now, something that was Joe was talking about was the movie is called Collateral Beauty, and Helen Mirren's character goes, "Oh, you have to see the Collateral Beauty or appreciate the Collateral Beauty around." 
the movie never explains what collateral beauty is. Yeah, it does not. Nope. It does not. It just says collateral beauty. They just say collateral beauty 50 times. And it's like, oh, you just have to appreciate the collateral beauty. You just have to appreciate the collateral beauty. You just have to. No one knows what collateral beauty means. No. No one. It's. It doesn't matter. I'm it's sorry just for a, yelling. It's just, it's, okay. it's just a word they put in the movie to have a catchy title. That was it. What it like matter. what like collateral beauty? What is that supposed to even like? I know what collateral damage is. You want me to is play it, the concept of beauty? Is to it su- is it supposed to be like finding the beauty in life's hardships or something like that? Like sure, I guess that's, yeah. I, I guess that's what I they're going. That's the perfect thing to tell like, someone whose daughter is dying. Yeah, like I I don't know. It was guys <laughs> guys this. That's basically our rundown of Collateral Beauty. I don't it know is if you guys can mess. tell. This is the most angry I've been this with is a, a movie. Fr- this was this was, I don't I don't remember if I said this. I know I told you guys this, but I'd say it again. This is the first one that we w- that we picked for this where I was legitimately upset that somebody picked it. Like <laughs> I wasn't looking forward to this <laughs> at all. I waited until the very last minute to watch this episode this movie and i just he didn't even so watch upset. it he just read the wikipedia plot yeah. and he i went could to the, uh, the uh, what's it called the spark notes for it yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> spark oh man that would make our job a lot easier um there's somebody that i want to talk about as we start getting into like the end of this uh david frankel the director of this he has some pretty interesting credits to his name as a director um devil wears prada he was the director for that what? I, think that, I think that movie's great he I directed really Devil, Devil Was Prada? Yeah, he did two of the episodes of Band of Brothers on HBO. Mm. Um, and then he did, like, Miami Rhapsody I've never heard of. That was his directorial debut. And then he did Marley and Me. Oh, I have, yeah. I haven't seen because I, I don't want to be... That movie sucks. Yeah, I don't want to be upset. So, like, I just don't understand. And then, like, he did... He, he released three years in a row, and I've never heard of these three films from 2011 to 2013. The Big Year... Actually, I think I've heard of Hope Springs. I think I have heard oh, of that Oh, I've seen one. The Big Year. Yeah, That's yeah. the bird-watching one. Oh, you're right, with Steve Martin and Jack, Black. And Jack yeah. Black. Yeah, I have heard of that one. Uh, Hope Springs I've heard of, and then One Chance is the one that I definitely don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, so he goes 2011, 2012, 2013, releases those three in a row. Doesn't release anything until Collateral Beauty comes out, and he's just strictly done television. Um, he was not the writer on this, but when you are the director, we've had this conversation before, like the project is in your hands. Is he the person to blame for this? Like, no. What are we thinking for that? Who, who do you blame for this movie? Who, who do you think I blame? I, I blame the, the person who wrote this thing. I mean, this has to be the dumbest the mo- like I said, see, we're we're gonna we're gonna argue. I've argued this with you guys before, and I'm gonna do it again. The di- like, I agree with the writing is horrible. The writer deserves blame for this. The director has a stronghold over everything in the film. No, you're like, you're you're wrong with this one. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not. That's how things. That's how it works. Though. No, I'm talking about trying to put the blame on the director. Day, I, the, probably what happened with Frankel is he's like, "Hey, I need some money. I'm gonna make this movie because you know what? We all need money every once in a while. You know, some people do different things for money. This was his version of you know starting an OnlyFans. He ended up directing Collateral Beauty for some extra dollars. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that is the production companies that were like, hey, they looked at the script and they're like, hey, you know what? This is a good idea. Let's put $36 million into it. The, the, the person that is wrong with is the person who thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a movie about this guy whose daughter died and his friends gaslighted him. But you know what? They're actually the good guys at the end. Like, yeah. 
you know, that's where I see. Like, I think I think the person that's actually just to blame is the studio. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. for me, the most blame comes from the studio. Like, how did Warner the, Brothers? Like the fact that this was something that was greenlit again, knowing the story. Now that I've seen it, you know, knowing what the actual plot ends up being, it's like yeah. how did and, sh- and shame on them for lying to their audiences uh in regards to the trailers like how like, do yeah. how do you push this forward thing like people can't wait to see this guy get screwed over by his <laughs> friends for their own benefit like i don't know it's really bizarre it's problematic let's do you have something do you have something else you want to say about yeah it? i i i don't think the writer even had an issue with that like he like because he wrote them as good people like to him, yeah. they are good people. Yeah, no, it, it, they, they do. These people do terrible things, but the film tries to put it under the guise that they are good people with good intentions. But no one watching. I mean, okay, I shouldn't say no one. My parents, but people should <laughs> like watching this movie. Like, I don't understand how anyone can watch this movie and be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I sympathize with them. Yeah. So Alan Lebb, the writer of this film, f you, you suck. Also, <laughs> and. He's, I'm looking at his credits right now. It's, yeah, so, it's bad. so bad. Um, question. Why does Will Smith make Domino things? Why okay, I actually that? wanted to touch on that because the only nod to that we see is in when he's over at Madeline's house and he's watching the old home videos of him and the daughter. Um, they make one together and then she knocks it down and then they rebuild it. That is the uh, okay. only thing that we That's see it. about it. But it was like we don't find that out until later and it didn't seem like it like i don't know it didn't seem like that much of an emotional well, moment for me to like yeah and like the friends they like they're like oh howard does this beautiful brilliant mind he's so smart he does and it's just like we don't see that at all the mm-hmm. only time we see it like a, a smart thing is in the beginning when the he's doing beginning. his speech to the staff where he's like hey love time death you know what how can we incorporate how can we incorporate this into a, a capitalistic uh, you know, um, analogy, right? He literally talks about time, love, and death as a way to make more money, mm-hmm. which is, you know, this movie is perverse. That's that's why I have to say this movie is perverse. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore, honestly. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm ready to wrap this thing up. Collateral Beauty, one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. You're welcome. Bef- before we... Before we give our refund scores out, is there anything you could do to save this movie? I don't think so. I think it's just a mess, and they should wash their hands of it. Not this movie specifically, but I would be very interested to see the dark comedy version that Cameron yeah. did. I, I yeah, think, I agree. I think this movie or this <clears throat> plot uh, in a different style, style. Oh my goodness, this plot in a different style of film uh, would be a. It could be pretty fun, actually. Yeah, it, and who would you who would you want to direct that? Taika. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Like, I would love uh, that. That'd be interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, oh shoot, what's his um? What's the guy? Was it guy? Did Guy Ritchie uh, direct Falcone? the Nice Guys? <laughs> um. Uh, oh. Yeah, oh. I think that was Guy Ritchie. Yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah. I'd like to see Guy Ritchie do this. Yeah, Guy Ritchie would. Guy Ritchie's a good choice too. Yeah, I think Guy Ritchie. Um, or Edgar Wright. I oh, was. Edgar that's Wright, where. That's yeah. where I was gonna go. I think Edgar Wright would have been a good call for that um, yeah i think that is a good choice we should see all three versions yeah maybe the cohen brothers <laughs> make it oh yeah that's a good one too shane black did the nice guys shane oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. guy richie did the black, guy richie did the gentleman I get them mixed up okay not not guy, guy richie, richie I don't and shane wanna, black yeah I, I do i get them mixed up 
Um, I think Guy Ritchie's take would still be pretty good, but I want I want to see Shane Black do this one. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, Guy Ritchie would also be cool, I guess. Do you think Shane Black will hire more sexual predators for this movie too, like he did for the actual Predator film? This this would be perfect for a, oh, a Shane right. Black film because it takes place during Christmas. <laughs> he does love Christmas movies. <laughs> it's true. Um, all right, so I think we're all in agreement. We would like to see this story told in a a good way by someone who actually knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's not collateral beauty at all. Yeah, it's it just takes pieces of it. But like, yeah. not like there's no like there's no wife. There's no wife. There's no daughter. It's just friends screwing over a boss. It's mm-hmm. like it's like basically jackass. Um, with okay. that, all <laughs> sure. I'm, pro- all I'm right. probably the only one that's seen the jackass movies. What an here, analogy. So. Jackass movies are great. So, um, with that in mind, let's get the refunds here. Ticket for this movie would say let's say like eight fifty is about what we'd be looking at here. Price of admission. Joel, do you want any, how much money do you want back? Cameron, Cameron saw it for free. Um, honestly, and this may be kind of an odd choice based on how we talked about this, but I'll say half. Um, like, I, I honestly wasn't. Again, I hate to keep, keep going back to this, but like, I honestly liked a Wrinkle in Time less than this. Like, it, this movie was very bad, uh, but I finished it, and it was just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I watched it, and I wish I didn't, but it wasn't. Like Cameron said, it was like offensively bad. I can see people considering it offensively bad. bad. I I didn't think of it that way. Um, it was just kind of like a, okay, like I saw this. I'm whatever. Moving on. I will. I it's eight fifty. I will get eight dollars back. Although it can keep fifty cents because I didn't hate all of the scenes with Naomi Harris and Will Smith the first time through because I didn't know what the twist <laughs> was going to be. Now that I know what the twist is. I hate it, but in the moment, I thought they were interesting, so they can have 50 cents. Cameron, what do you want to do? So I saw this movie for free while at college, and I wish – On a Friday night. I wished (laughs) I could have been doing homework instead. So – You guys did your homework in college? Yeah. Yeah. I got straight A's in college. How's I graduated with a 3.82, so... How's that working out for you? I have a job. You're unemployed. Shut up. Wow, like most of the country is. <laughs> I got a job in the middle of a pandemic, so... Mm, uh, if you're unemployed, just know I'm just giving Ryan a hard time. He's the only unemployed uh, person I'm going to make fun of, okay? So That's everyone fair. else, you're, you're good. Um, Yeah, give me all that money back. I want all... That eight dollars, that fifty cents, I want all that back. Cool. So, I think Joel just sandbagged because he doesn't want to be the highest number anymore. I oh, you keep, think you keep saying that, and yeah. I really don't care. But like, I know you, that, I know you don't care. That, I just that's just my opinion. I don't no, actually but like, believe honestly, it, but I think it'd be funny if that was the case. But like, I mean, it's like we talked about before. Like, like half of the, like, if I'm being honest, if I went and actually paid for all these movies, like none of them would I ever even think of, you know, asking for a refund back. That's what I'm saying. Like with this, 
Like, well, so you're a liar. I honestly, t- yeah. <laughs> remember what I said about liars on yeah, this right. podcast? I honestly dislike, kind of like you were saying, right? I I dislike this movie more now that we've talked about it. Yeah. But when we finish it, and I'm not gonna lie, and this is gonna, com- Cameron's gonna lose his mind right now. Joel's up like, until like the I first... actually thought it was one of the best movies of 2016. Yeah. <laughs> up until like the, the like the first half when they, I, I don't even know how far along. I don't like about halfway through I was still like oh, this is this is okay like I'm I'm not angry about this yet but it was once things started getting put together that I really started to be like this is annoying and this sucks and yeah these people are terrible people you know like I was still hoping that in some way he, they were going to redeem these characters and and they didn't and as the movie went along I I enjoyed it less and less and less and like I said the more we talking about it now but it it didn't offend me that much it was like okay I saw this and I think the best way for me to describe my experience while watching this movie for the first time is I was utterly dumbfounded. I could not believe that the movie I was watching was actually a movie. I could not believe that the writer was trying to make these characters look empathetic, try to make you sympathize with them. I could not believe that Will Smith and his wife were lying or you know making up these conversations as if they had never met each other i just could not believe that this was a movie i still couldn't believe it was butter all right i believe it's not butter and for that reason <laughs> that's why i said and for that reason I'm, I'm out <laughs> um so that'll do it for the collateral beauty episode of the podcast real quick i did not mention zendaya or la la land this episode you, what? Just, you did. just did Come you, on, man. You, you got to wait till the next episode to say that. Yeah. So you can say, hey, last episode I did. Because I almost mentioned the L word, and I didn't. And now you I, just did I, it. I would honestly, if you guys had tried to find a way to compare La, find La La Land in the sense of this movie, I probably would have just Yeah, quit don't the you ever touch. Don't, I don't, don't remember what I was going to say right now. That those I did two have movies a way. in the same sentence. Yeah. I just, we, we got to, we're going to cut this part. So, um, no, so, we're not. <laughs> so. Uh, in regards to next week's episode, mm. Joel, do you want to tell everybody what the idea we have coming up for the next couple of episodes? Yeah, we are heading into February, which is the month of Valentine's Day, right? So love, death, and time, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, so we're going to kind of pick <laughs> our do collateral movies. beauty every week. Yeah, we're going to pick collateral beauty uh, three <laughs> weeks in a row. And then our guest has to pick Um We're going to kind of go with like a, a, a love theme. I, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, – I don't know how I don't know how you guys want to interpret it, but it just basically films that in some way or another relate to Valentine's Day in some way or love. I'm picking yeah. Fifty Shades. <laughs> so, it's just like it's just like a rom com, I guess, yeah. would be the way to look into it. Yeah, but I mean, a rom com or maybe even like a serious romance or something like that, you know. But in some way, it has to do with love. Um, so the film that I'm gonna pick, I've actually only seen about thirty minutes of it, um, because it was on TV one time. But I've heard pretty bad things about it, so I'm curious to see. And it sucks because it's written by someone that I'm pretty sure all three of us very much love and adore this person. Uh, so the film I'm picking is Couples Retreat. Um, oh, when, okay. So the comedy, oh. uh, the rom-com Couples Retreat. <laughs> Again, I've only seen about 30 uh. minutes. Of it. Um, so I'm interested to see. Who knows? I might walk out of this and be like, oh, my I God, I hate you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh my God! I see. Save it, save it for next week. Uh, we'll get into it next week. 
So, folks, look forward to the couples retreat episode coming up. We'll have a little little something before our next episode comes out, though, after this one. So stay tuned for that. Check our socials. You can check us out at The Refund Pod on all your socials, Instagram and Twitter. You can also check us out on all of your podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the I'd Like Refund Podcast. We'll see you all soon. Bye.